Amen. Amen. How many of y'all know that you can always choose happy? And if we're being honest, sometimes it's easier to do that than it is at other times. We can be honest about that as well. It's not always easy to choose happy, but uh, speaking of happy times, I want to just mention that uh, Pastor, our lead pastors, uh, Pastor Carl and Alice are away with uh, some family, a few days away, just happy times with, uh, with rest and relaxation. So we're just praying for them that they'll have a great time away and, uh, and Lord willing, they'll be, they'll be back with us before too long. Uh, so we, we bless them and pray for them. Uh, also, I want to just take a moment and greet everyone who's joining this service, certainly here, but also at our Michigan Street campus and at our Red Bug Lake campus here at Curry Ford. Can we just go crazy and welcome and say hello? Yes, and I guess our online campus as well, if you're joining this on a screen somewhere, uh, no matter where you are as, as you take part in this service, really lean in, especially over these next few moments. Uh, I believe that there will be a prophetic anointing on God's word, that God has a word uh, for you, uh, that this is going to be an encouraging word that will be uh, life-changing. So we're just gonna, we're gonna pray and ask God to speak to us as we uh, tackle this topic of happiness and today the principles of happiness. But will you pray with me as we just ask God to, to speak to us no matter where we are joining this service. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the fresh anointing upon this word. I thank you for the scripture, God. And, and as we look into your word, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, that you would change us, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody at every location said, Amen. 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 Well, get your Bibles out or turn them on, however you do it. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture here over the next four hours. And so uh, as you get your Bibles out, uh, that's about how much content I got today. But as I was getting this, uh, thinking about this, this thought of happiness, uh, uh, um, an incident came to my mind. This was probably uh, 17 years ago or so, uh, but uh, a guy in our church, he's, his, him and his family are still in our church, Roberto Gallanes. Uh He had a, a motorcycle he was getting ready to sell, and he said, hey, I'm getting ready to sell this street bike. He said, do you want to borrow it for a couple weeks before I sell it? I'm not really riding it that much. And I was like, oh, yes, that'll be awesome. So it was a Honda uh, CBR uh, 600 right there. It looked just like that one, same colors and everything. And so he brought it over to my house, and my cool level, it, it just instantly jumped up several notches just because I had possession of that motorcycle. And so I would, I would come home from uh, the day at the office uh, and I would get on that bike and I would take a little cruise around town. And I would just feel like just incredibly, you know, like I was, I was pretty awesome. So I would just cruise around and like just see the sights and whatever. And then I'd come home. And so I had it for about a week, a week and a half. And then uh, it started running really poorly. It started misfiring and sputtering and whatever. And I thought, man, this is just my luck here. He was nice enough to let me borrow this motorcycle right before he was selling it. And now I've broke it. And now it's worth way less than it was before I got my hands on it. And so I called him. I said, hey, bad news. I know you're trying to sell this thing, but I have messed it up now and it doesn't even run right anymore. I'm sorry. And uh, he said, okay, I'll come take a look at it. So he comes over to the house and Starts it up, yeah, it is running bad. It's sputtering, misfiring, all this stu same stuff. And he's a mechanic, so he said, I'll, I'll get it home and take a look at it. I said, okay. 
I'm standing in my driveway and, and I kind of wave at him as he, as he goes and he goes down my street and then he turns left and he goes down the street that would lead out of my neighborhood and then he turns down uh, left on uh, Econ, which was the, where I lived at that time. That was the main street, the first main street that he hit. And I could still hear him because I'm still outside. And so I heard the motorcycle go down my street, heard the motorcycle go down uh, the street out of my neighborhood. And then I heard him go down Econ. And when I heard him go down Econ, it was like he got on that road and he opened that motorcycle wide open. It was just like, wah, wah, wah. like he is just flying like a crazy man. And so I'm outside. I can kind of hear it still. And I'm kind of laughing like, okay, I didn't ride it like that, but whatever, you know, like I'm just like, he is just flying down the road. And then he gets to like some sort of stop sign or something. And uh, I feel my phone ringing. And so I pull out my phone, look at it. He's calling me. He's not even home yet, and he's calling me. And I said, hey. And I said, what's going on? He goes, I got a question. I said, okay. He said, how fast did you go on the motorcycle? I said, well, I didn't go very fast at all. <laughs> I was like, I, I went pretty slow. I was just putting around almost all the time. Number one, I didn't want to die. That was one of my main objectives. Uh, one of the other objectives was I didn't want to get in trouble or get arrested or get in trouble with the police. I figured when you ride a motorcycle like that, they're just waiting for you to do wheelies down the highway. So I was just being extra careful. So I just putted around. I went slow all the time. I said, why? And instead of answering me uh, with words, all he did is just start dying laughing. He's just laughing, laughing, laughing. I don't know. I can't even join in the laughter because I don't know what we're laughing at. I think I'm, at that point I'm starting to get the, the I'm, you know, I'm starting to figure out he's laughing at me, not even with me because I'm not laughing yet. And he's just laughing and laughing and laughing. And then he says this. He says, well, see what you don't understand. These motorcycles are a street bike like this. It's made to go. And when you putt around and you just don't open up the engine ever, he said, uh, it'll start to run rich. It'll start to, uh, it'll start to misfire and backfire and sputter. He said, it's made to go. He said, it's running fine now. Once I wrote it like it's supposed to be written, it's running fine now. And whatever cool, cool level had kind of jumped up in my life was immediately right back down to where I started. <laughs> the reason why I thought of that is because um, as we talk about happiness, I know that some of us, uh, might automatically think, well, I don't know about happy. You know, is that really, should that really be something that I should worry myself over being happy or not? But here's the thing. I want you to know, you were created to run wide open. You were created to enjoy life. You were created to have life abundant, life to the full. Um, that is God's call on your life. I, I'm going to attempt today to make a biblical claim on your happiness, a biblical call on your life that you should be a happy person because that's what you were created to do. Augustine wrote in the fifth century, he said, every man whatsoever his condition desires to be happy. And I believe that's true, but I'd like to add something to that. I believe that that desire to be happy that we all have was placed in you by the Lord and he created you for happiness. So let's just, before we even jump into this word, let's just practice real quick, mask or not, just everybody just real big smile from every location. Come on, even if you're by yourself now, come on, really big smile right now. Oh, I can see it right here, looking good. Just look, if you, somebody's around you, just look at them and say, I'm happy today. Now here's the thing, some of you weren't. 
You hadn't even thought about that yet today. And now just you saying it kind of just, it's, it started something going. And that's because there is a call and a claim on your life to be happy. Do you realize that the Bible has more than 2,700 passages of Scripture that contain words like joy, happiness, gladness, um, merriment, pleasure, cheer, laughter, uh, jubilation, exaltation, celebration. 2,700 scriptures throughout the Bible that talk about these kinds of themes. Uh, Now, I've heard it said before that some people start to distinguish between those terms. I've actually had people even say it to me. I've probably heard people preach this thought that, that joy is what we get from Jesus and happiness is what the world has. That joy is based on what God has done in our life and happiness is based on other things and happenings and whatever, right? And so I think people have, have shared that concept innocently enough, but here's the thing. If you have categories that joy is from Jesus and happiness is like the world, if you have categories like that, here's the thing, just to warn you, you will have to throw those categories out when you go to the Word of God. Because the Word of God makes no such distinctions between these terms that uh, fall under this category of happiness and joy. Matter of fact, there are 200 scriptures in the Bible that uh, link the concepts of joy and happiness. And as you look at translations of the Bible, watch this, there are over a hundred verses in which different reliable translations of the word of God will, will interpret, one of them will interpret the word joy, another will interpret the same Greek original word happiness, one will uh, uh, translate the original Hebrew word joy, another reliable translation will translate it happiness. And so these terms throughout the word of God are, are indiscriminate and so they will be for us as well as we kind of unpack this thought today of the principles of happiness. Just know that we're going to use all these terms interchangeably, happy, joy, uh, uh, you know, uh, gladness, all those things kind of land under one thing. And that because that's, the, the Bible says it that way in, in verses like this. In, in Psalms 144, verse 15, doesn't get much more simple, uh, much more clear than this. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And the people of God just said amen. amen. Oh, man, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Psalms 89, verse 16 says, we are happy all day because of you and your saving power brings honors. We're happy all day. Some of you aren't morning people. You're like, I'm not, I'm not happy in the mornings. Well, according to the word of God, you can be happy all day, even if you're not a morning person. Psalms chapter 40, verse 16 says, may all those who seek you be happy and rejoice in you. Psalms 92 Verse four, for you, O Lord, have made me happy by your work. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Now we're gonna take the truth of verses like that. And if we're being real, we have to lay that over our current reality. And we can look around and know that uh, we are in unprecedented times. 2020 has been uh, a rough year. I was thinking maybe we should just go back in time, start over on 2020. We try to get it right this time. I mean, this has been a, a tough season. And there was a, a poll that was done, a recent Harris poll, uh, and, and talking about uh, the, the level of happiness in, in the American 
uh, in the population of America. And in this Harris poll, they've done this for several years, but this year, the latest Harris poll they did on the happiness survey found that only 33% of Americans would say that they are happy. Only, only one in three. That means two out of every three Americans are just going, no, I'm not happy. That's sad because you were created for happiness. Now, Americans have never been the happiest bunch because they've done this poll for nine years. And the, the highest percentage we've ever had was 35%. That was back in 08 and 09 that we were at 35% of the, of the, of the population saying that, that they're happy. But this most recent one was 33%, obviously one out of every three people that would even say that they're happy. Now, God makes it clear that we should not seek happiness in the things of this world, but God's word is also very clear that we should find happiness in him, and that is right uh, to do. And so let's look at four basic principles of happiness. And if you are taking notes, I want you to write these down. If you're not taking notes, consider doing so. Uh, but the first principle of happiness would be this. Happiness is all about the source and not about the circumstance. Happiness is all about the source, not about the circumstance. If happiness was based on circumstances, yes, we would all be in trouble. All right, We can all figure out that there is some craziness going on in the world. And if we base our happiness, trying to base it on, you know, what kind of week it's been or what kind of month it's been or what kind of year it's been or what kind of decade it's been or how my family's acting today or how my boss treated me yesterday. If we're basing our happiness on circumstances, we are all in trouble. There was a recent, another, another poll that was done, American Psychological Association, talking about this current time in our country uh, polled thousands of U.S. residents in a couple different polls, and the results were this. A staggering 83% of our population say that they are worried about the future of our country, and it is a serious um, uh, a stress in their life, a serious personal stress in life as they worry about the country. 83%. In that same study, 72% believe that America is as, at its lowest point in history. Now, there may be certain areas where that may be true. I think there are a lot of areas where I, I don't think that is true. But this is the mindset, 83% saying, I'm so worried about the future of this country. It's a constant stress in my life. And 72% saying we are at the lowest point. But even in a climate like this, even if there are you know, a lot of people very worried about this country, even if there are a lot of people who are stressed out and feel like they're at a low even in a climate like that, Psalms 89, 16 is still true. We are happy all day because of you. Your saving power brings honor to us. See, sometimes we picture God uh, as this eternal being in heaven who's most of the time either mad or sad or angry or disappointed, or dejected, just up there, just looking at us, going, well, can't you get anything right? And I'm so disgusted, and I'm so angry. And that's kind of how we see God. But you got to understand something. If God wasn't a God of joy, if God wasn't a God of happiness, he couldn't be our source of happiness. We couldn't be happy all day long because of him if he wasn't happy. As a matter of fact, Jesus made it very clear in John chapter 15 that not only did, was he a source of joy, but he made it clear that he had joy. He said this in, in, in John 15, 15. I've told you this so that my joy, that's Jesus talking, 
saying, I, I'm, by the way, I got joy, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Jesus had and has joy. I remember a few years back, some of you might remember this, but there was a, you know, there's a, there'll be Jesus films that come out every, every few years, and so there was a new one that came out a few years ago, and, and in this one, they depicted Jesus with a little bit more lightheartedness than some of the other Jesus films had portrayed him, and so he was joking around more and smiling more and laughing more, and, and I can remember people talking about it going, man, that's uh, weird to see Jesus like joking with the disciples and smiling and laughing, but you know what, I got to thinking he says hey I, I got joy and I want my joy to be in you and when my joy is in you your joy will be complete I think Jesus probably was happy I think he probably was smiling and joking sometimes and you know why I think that because the little kids wanted to be around him when's the last time you saw a little kid want to be around an old cranky old person no, kids want to be around the, the one that's smiling and joking. Jesus was probably running around pulling coins out of kids' ears. It, it wasn't even a sleight of hand. It was just real. He was just doing it because he could. <laughs> I, think, I think that Jesus uh, is, is full of joy. I think when we uh, walk around and do life with that gloom and doom and, uh, and, and, and sadness, I think we don't represent him well. What would Jesus do? I think Jesus would smile. I think Jesus would, be our, would want us to realize he is our source of happiness and not our circumstances. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Second principle of happiness that we'll look at would be this. Happiness is a choice not to be left to chance. If you're taking notes, write that down. Happiness is a choice not to be left to chance. I like how Psalms 30, verse 11 says it. It says, you changed my sorrow into dancing. You took away my clothes of sadness and clothed me in happiness. You see, we make the mistake of, of, of thinking this. We say, well, when I feel happy, that's when I'll start to act happy. I just don't feel happy. I just, I, you know, I just got a lot going on. And so when I feel happy, I'll start to act happy. But do you realize that the, that the reverse of that is usually true? That when I start to act happy, that that's when I start to feel happy? That our right actions usually bring about the right feelings. So sometimes it's a matter of me going, you know what? I don't feel it yet, but I choose today to be happy. Waking up in the morning, maybe that's something we just need to tell ourselves. I don't feel it yet. Instead of having this mindset that says, well, I'll be happy when, and you can fill in the blank however you want to. I'll be happy when coronavirus finally goes away. I'll be happy when uh, I get a better job. I'll be happy when I get a raise. I'll be happy when uh, my wife says something nice to me. Some, somebody may be in, hearing this message right now and you may have said, I'll be happy when I get married. Let me tell you something. If you are single and unhappy and you marry another person who is single and unhappy, guess what's going to happen? Y'all going to be married and unhappy. That's just the way that's going to work. Happiness is more of a choice than it is uh, something that we just leave up to chance. A.W. Tozer said it this way, the people of God ought to be the happiest people in the world. Now, having said that, that happiness is a choice. I do not want to oversimplify this because I know that for some of us, making that choice is way more difficult than for others. I know that some of us really have to battle through some real strongholds in our mind and some real attacks on our mind. I get that. 
And it's not so easy just to go, okay, well, I'll just choose to be happy then. I know that one in five of us uh, can, can struggle and battle with mental illness, and the number one diagnosed mental illness is depression and anxiety. Clinical depression is 10 times more common now than it was a century ago. And so obvious this is a uh, a attack on on our minds, on our joy, on our happiness, and and it's something that that we would need to battle through. And so I just want to talk about some some practical steps to battle through even those types of uh, attacks on our mind of depression, anxiety, and fear. And so the first thing I would ask you to do if you're you're battling through some of that things is this. Number one, choose to battle. Like choose to, choose happiness. Like choose to not stay where you are. Choose not to just, well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm unhappy and I don't really see anything changing, so I'm just going to stay here. You realize that depression is cyclical and depression will cause you to lull into inactivity that will just bring more depression. And then if I just accept it, it'll just cause me to go into inactivity that'll bring more depression. And so at first you just have to decide, okay, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to see some victory in this area of my life. And then the after that, I would say the very first way practical that you would step out and begin to battle it would be to treat it spiritually. To begin to pray, to begin to solicit other people to pray and to fast with you, to treat it first as a, as a spiritual issue. And here's why I say that, because if Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 is true, if you believe this scripture is true, do not be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, if you believe that's true, then of course the enemy would attack my joy. Of course the enemy would attack my happiness. Because if that joy and that happiness is a source of spiritual strength, then yes, the enemy's going to go after that. So if I feel an attack on my life when it comes to joy and enjoying life and being happy, then I, the, my, my first step is going to be to, to battle it spiritually. But you can also battle it in other You can battle it physically. I sat down this week actually with, with Betsy Jackson. She's the head of our counseling department and just a brilliant uh, counselor and mental health worker. Uh, and so we were just talking through some different things and she was talking about physical exercise. And she said, you know, just exercising five times a day, and it doesn't have to be some major marathon or something. She said a simple short walk five times a day, they have found that that has the same effect on people's life as a, a pharmaceutical antidepressant does. Just, just moving. That movement is, is medicine. And so sometimes we can do some things physically that can help us battle through some of these attacks on our mind. We can also battle it medically. I mean, think about it. If I have pain and if I have issues going on in my body, I don't think twice about going to a doctor and say, hey, I got this going on, I got that going on. But sometimes when we battle within our mind, we, we sometimes think it's taboo to go and have something, uh, somebody look at this from a, from a medical point of view. There are chemical things going on in our bodies, in our brains, sometimes chemical imbalances that sometimes medicine can regulate and, and start to help us to think right. And there's, uh, I just don't see any preclusion in scripture for us to pursue that as we battle these things in all these other areas as well. And also, uh, we can battle it by getting help in our emotions and by, by talking and finding someone to talk to a counselor, and, and if it's not here, we, we, in our counseling department, we have a, a, a list of, of referral 
counselors that we would give you because I would strongly encourage you with this. If you are going to go see a, a, a counselor, any kind of mental health worker, anything like that, it probably should be somebody of like faith that you have. Um, that's going to be very, very important. It's going to be somebody that you feel comfortable with. If you, some of you maybe went and talked to somebody five years ago and you know, I didn't like them, so I just, I'm never doing that again. No, find some. If, that, if the first person you talk to isn't a match and keep, keep finding somebody till you feel comfortable and, and you can talk through some of these things and get some of these things out. And the reason why I would even take a moment to reference some of these battles that we have and the reason why I would take the risk of just going, hey, just make it a choice. It's a choice. Don't leave it to chance. Just choose happiness. I, I know that that sounds oversimplified, but the only reason why I make that statement is this, because God created us to heal. Like in a natural state, our bodies heal. Now, if I break my arm, I may need to go get it reset, get that bone lined up and put a cast on, but what's gonna happen underneath that cast? My bone's gonna grow back together. There's gonna be healing. My body is designed to heal. If I get a cut on my arm and I need stitches to close that up, um, now I may go somewhere and they may say, okay, before we put the stitches together, there's some debris in there. There's some dirt that's gonna cause an infection. I gotta clean the wound out first. Now, my first reaction to I gotta clean the wound is gonna be this. No, thank you. All right, I opt out of the wound cleaning because this wound hurts already and you're gonna be digging around in there. But sometimes I gotta go through the pain of getting out what doesn't belong in there so that that natural healing can start to happen, right? And so if I've experienced trauma in my life that's starting to affect my, my happiness and my joy, and we've all experienced trauma, but some of us have experienced trauma to a level that it is still affecting our day-to-day. Do you know what sometimes the best thing we could do is to get it out? And we go, I don't want to get it out because it hurts to talk about. I don't even want to. Nobody even knows what I went through. But simply by finding the right person that you can talk to and getting it out, then that healing can start to happen, that natural healing that you were created to do. That's why I say happiness is a choice not to be left to chance. Principle number three would be this. Possessions won't make you happy like perspective does. Possessions won't make you happy like perspective does. Now, I don't know if you know anybody else who's ever won a big sum of money by doing something uh, just, you know, very simple, uh, but I have. Uh, I, was, I, I was playing in a golf tournament uh, many years ago, and Pastor Matt's here. He was there with me that day. It was a Monday. It was our day off, and we went and played in this corporate golf tournament. And as part of the tournament, they had uh, these prize holes where if you hit a hole in one in, on this particular hole, you would win you know, a big prize. And no one ever hits a hole in one. People play golf their whole life and never hit a hole in one, especially you would never hit one in a situation like that with $10,000 on the line. And I stepped up to that hole, and I hit the ball, my eight iron, about 140 yards, and that ball, I mean, the Holy Spirit just took control of that ball. And that ball just dropped right on the green, took a couple little rolls, and went right in the cup. And I was just like, did that just happen? I can't believe this. We ran up. The ball was in there. I won $10,000 on one swing of the golf club. I called my wife to tell her I'd hit a hole in one. She didn't even believe me. I wasn't even sure if I believed me. And listen, here's the thing as I think back on that. After I hit that shot, let's go, two or three days after that, I, I'm telling you the truth. I wasn't any happier two or three days after that as I was two or three days before that golf tournament ever happened. You know why? 
because I hadn't received the money yet. It hadn't come in yet. It took a few. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why. Man. No, because money can't buy you happiness. Money can only buy you things that can make you happy. No, I'm just kidding about that too. That's not true either. Some of you are like, money can buy you things. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, even after that money came in, I'm telling you the truth, I just, I mean, it was, it was great and we, we got to do some things. We gave some money to the kingdom and we gave some money to Uncle Sam and we got some things for the, for the house and for the kids. Like it was all fine, but it, that was not, it didn't make me happier because possessions aren't a thing that's gonna make you happy. It's your perspective that's gonna make you happy. It's how you see the world that's gonna make you happy. Some of us think, oh, I just gotta get... I gotta get the most things and then I'll be happy. No, you gotta get the best perspective and then you can be happy. If you think about Proverbs 15, 15, I love the way this verse portrays this truth that I'm talking about. It says, for the despondent, every day brings trouble. If that's my perspective, despondent, I'm down, gloom and doom, it's always gonna turn out bad. Well, if that's my perspective, if that's how I'm seeing my world, then every day is going to bring trouble. But look what it continues to say. But for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Well, if I gotta choose between those two, I'm gonna choose a happy heart. I'm gonna choose to live a life that's just a continual feast, that everywhere I turn, it's just good. And even if I go through bad times, if I have that lens on, if I have a happy heart, even if I go through tough times, even if something bad comes my way, I can still say, well, I got something bad going on, but I got a God who's bigger than the bad thing going on in my life. And I got a God who's gonna come through. This is just a chance for God to show up and show off in my life. It's all about perspective. That's why we can be happy. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says it this way. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Wow. How meaningless for that. Brings us to the final um, principle of happiness. And it would be this. Happiness is the reward of devotion, not the result of emotion. It's the reward of devotion, devoted people to God. Look at how it says it in Psalms 40, verse 16. May all those who seek you be happy and rejoice in you. Psalms 119, verse 35. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found, as I'm devoted to you, God. She's known as the best-known happiness researcher in the world. Her name is Sonia Libermersky. I'm sure I'm not doing her last name justice. But by her own self-proclamation, she is not a Christian at all, not religious at all. Matter of fact, in her book, she says it this way. She said, I don't have a religious or spiritual bone in my body, but, she says, the studies clearly show that religious people are happier. I love when the world just looks at us and just is puzzled by it. Matter of fact, she goes on in her, in her writings to say, if, if that stuff works for you, I encourage you to do it. Uh, she hasn't come to, uh, you know, from what I can tell, uh, an experience with God that, 
that would change her life, but she sees the value. And she's like, I can't argue against the numbers that people who have found God, they're, they're happier people. There was another Pew Research study that, that happened, and it was studying the effect of attendance to services like this, that the effect it has on people's happiness. So the first group of people were people that never attend a religious service, never attend church service. And of those people, 25% said, I'm happy. 25% of those people, 75% who don't attend something like this said they're unhappy. 25% said, I'm happy. Now, if you attend church every once in a while, so not weekly, but less than weekly, it jumps from 25 to 28%, almost 29%. Now, if you attend church weekly, you go from the baseline of 25% never attending. If you attend weekly, it jumps all the way to 38% of people who attend weekly say, I'm happy. Now watch this. If you, turn, if you attend church more than once a week, you're not even ready for this. It jumps not from 25%, it jumps all the way up to 46.3%. Almost half of the people who say, I attend more than once a week, I'm happy. The, the, you, you can't deny the research. These studies are just showing us what Psalms 89, 15 already told us. How happy are the people who worship you with songs, who live in the light of your kindness. We gather in an environment like this and how important, I mean, every single day of 2020 makes environments like this all the more important. You need to set a priority. If you're experiencing this at home, then try your, your best to make that environment at home like this. That so we get to Together, we begin to sing songs, we begin to worship, we begin to make declarative statements and sing miracles, signs and wonders spring forth in the presence of the Lord. And we're singing lyrics like that, man. It's hard to pout and praise at the same time. You start singing lyrics like that and just a smile kind of wells up on your face. Oh, I can deal with Mondays if Sundays are like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I can get together and begin to sing those truths over and over again, starts to form habits in my life because I start to believe it. That devotion becomes a source of happiness as I learn to live in his presence and put a priority on prayer and worship, a priority on the word of God. Even this message today, this wasn't a little feel-good talk. This wasn't just a little self-help moment. No, this is the word of God. Like it's sharp and it's alive and it's active. And it applies to every area of our life, which is why it brings change. Which is why we can be happy. And listen, I know, I know it's not as simple as just flipping a switch. I know it might sound like too simple to go, okay, well, you were unhappy when you God, here you were unhappy when you tuned into this service. Well, switch it. Just be happy now. Okay, good. I, like, I know it's not that simple. I wish it was. Some of us, instead, we feel like, we feel like we're in a dark, unfamiliar room and we're trying to find the light switch on the wall. We're like, I, I love to flip the switch. I can't even find the light switch. We're sitting there feeling around the walls going, I don't even know if this room has a light switch. That's how serious the attack is on our mind. That's how strong the depression is. That's how strong the anxiety is. That's how strong the addiction, the sin is. You know, sin will mess with your life. Sin, sin, here's the thing about sin. Sin promises happiness, but it doesn't deliver. Some of us have tasted enough sin to know that though it promises happiness, it leaves you more unhappy than you ever were before. So I know it's not just so simple as flipping a switch, but I do know this, you gotta do something. 
you got to make a move. No matter where you are in this service, you got to make a move. Would you do me a favor? Here in the auditorium at Redbug at Michigan Street, there in your house or whatever, if you can, would you just close your eyes right now? We're going to just close our eyes so we can look in inside. And with really nobody looking around, I want to include you in a closing prayer. I want to include those of you who are outside a relationship with Christ. And, and if he's the true source of happiness, then I can chase everything I can ever find the energy to chase. It's not going to really find me true joy, true happiness. And we've allowed sin to fool us. The imitation of, of happiness. We've allowed that stuff to take us away from God. Sin always separates you from God. And if you're hearing this message, no matter where you are, this is a moment of change. It's a moment of transformation for you. You just be honest and say, I need a relationship with God. I've allowed sin to separate me from God, and I need him today. If that's you here in this auditorium at Red Bug at Michigan Street, if that's you, would you just right now slip up your hand? I'll just see it. I want to include you in my closing prayer. I've allowed sin to separate me from God. I need him. I need forgiveness. I need to get right with God. Yes, yes, yes. Hands all over this place. Anybody else? I need to get right with God today. I've allowed sin. Somebody, somebody watching right now is addicted and you just need God. And come on, right there where you are, I want you to get ready to pray. Amen, amen. Anybody else? How many would say this as we get ready to close in prayer? You just say, you know what? I just feel like there's a spiritual attack on my joy. I feel like I've been walking through a spiritual attack on my happiness and I need some victory. I need, I need the presence of God just to bring some strength in this area of my life. If that's you, let me see your hand. I just feel like I'm under attack. Yes, hands up all over. Let's do this at all of our campuses here at Curry Ford. Would you stand to your feet? Everybody, go ahead and stand with us. I'm going to pray for you. And after I pray, Pastor John's going to lead us in a song of victory, a statement of declaration of, of victory and, and change in our life. But let me pray for each and every one of you. And as I pray and as we sing, if you want to make your way to this front, you can do that. And we'll pray with you. If you're just in that battle for your own joy and your own happiness, you want to come forward, you can do that. If you lifted your hand saying, I need to get right with God, you can make your way to this front and we'll pray with you. If you want to pray there at your seat, you can do that as well. But come on, all across this room, let me pray with you and then we're going to sing. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every single person. So many lift their hands saying they need to get right with God. I just curse the power of sin right now. I break the bondage of sin in Jesus' name over every single person. I pray, God, addiction broken in Jesus' name. Somebody watching just right now delivered from addiction. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those that said they just feel like there's an attack on their own mind, attack on their happiness, an attack on their joy. I just right now come against every spiritual attack of the enemy. I silence it in the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ and I thank you. God, I pray that you would turn it around right now. God, what the enemy meant for evil, I pray you would turn it around for good in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now come on, would you lift up your hands all across this place and sing this to heaven, say, you take what the enemy Thank you, meant God, for evil and you turn it for good. You turn oh, it, it for good. Come on, let's make that declaration. You take what the Happy enemy meant for evil who and you turn it for good. 
you take what the enemy meant for evil. I believe that. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I believe that. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Now, Pastor John's going to come and pray and give you instruction of what to do if you've made a decision for Christ today. But as we get ready to pray, I just want to challenge you to do something this week. Hey, just choose happy, all right? Let's just try. Let's just wake up in the morning and choose to be happy. God bless you. We love you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your presence here and thank you for your word of our lives today. We are reminded and we are persuaded that you are our source. You're the source of our joy, the source of our happiness, Lord God. And we're going to cling to you, Lord, as we face this week, knowing that you're there to guide us, to help us, to minister to us, to carry us, Lord God, through every moment. And I pray in Jesus' name for those that even made a decision for the first time to cling to you, that made a first-time decision to follow you, Lord God, today. I pray that you would be with them, that you would speak to them, Lord God, that you would silence the voices around them that want to speak negativity and distraction, God, and I pray uh, that you would speak focus on the purpose and, and the, the goodness that you have in store for them. I pray in Jesus' name that you would strengthen them, Lord God, to be able to live the life that you've called them to, a life of victory, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we all leave this time together, we don't leave your presence, but we thank you that you're keeping us and you're guiding us and helping us as we face this week with your joy unspeakable and full of glory. We honor and bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.